0: Good morning. It's Monday, December 6th. I'm Shemita Basu.
1: And I'm Duarte Giraldino. This is Apple News Today. Each morning, hear about some of the most fascinating stories in the news and how the world's best journalists are covering them.
0: This month, the Senate is debating President Biden's Build Back Better plan. It covers everything from housing to climate to taxes. It already passed the House. If it passes the Senate, it could mean big changes that affect a lot of people. You've probably heard the price tag for this spending plan plenty of times, right? Roughly $2 trillion. But we wanted to take this week to underline key parts of the bill and break down what the impact could be on people's lives. So today, let's talk about health care.
1: Supporters say Biden's plan would be the largest expansion of affordable health care in more than a decade. To get a sense of what that may look like, we're turning to The Washington Post. This bill would expand subsidies for Affordable Care Act insurance, lower-income people would benefit, and some of the middle class would get help through tax credits for some insurance payments. The Congressional Budget Office estimates, through this law, 3.4 million Americans could gain health insurance.
0: If it becomes law, the bill would also affect Medicare coverage— It would give older Americans hearing benefits, but not coverage for vision or dental. For Medicare's prescription drug program, it would cap the annual amount that seniors pay at $2,000. It would also allow Medicare to negotiate prices of a limited number of expensive drugs.
1: But even with these changes, the Congressional Budget Office estimates more than 27 million people still won't have medical insurance. Progressive Democrats wanted to do much more in health care, but To get moderates on board, they scaled back the bill, and it could change even more as it moves through a divided Senate.
0: Today, a Nobel Peace Prize winner faces the possibility of spending the rest of her life in prison. Ousted Myanmar leader Aung San Suu Kyi was sentenced to four years in prison— the BBC reports on how this is just the first in a series of verdicts that could lead to more jail time for the 76-year-old.
1: Suu Kyi has been under house arrest since the military coup in February toppled her government. The military claimed there was voter fraud in last year's elections, but independent observers said the elections were largely free and fair.
0: This court battle is the latest twist in a remarkable story. Suu Kyi spent nearly 15 years in military detention through 2010. She received the Nobel Peace Prize in 1991 for her work to bring democracy to Myanmar. She was awarded that prize while under house arrest.
1: Her party won election in 2015, and yet she was prevented from officially becoming the president, though she was widely regarded as the de facto ruler of the country. In recent years, her reputation suffered because of how she handled the Rohingya refugee crisis. In 2019, Suu Kyi appeared before the UN International Court of Justice to defend her country against accusations of genocide.
0: As Su Kyi's trial has unfolded, there have been more anti-coup protests in Myanmar, and the military is responding with violence. By one human rights group's count, 1,300 people have been killed and more than 7,000 arrested, charged, or sentenced this year.
1: Is your bank account a little bigger these days? If so, you could be part of a big trend of Americans saving at historic rates during the pandemic.
2: A lot of people I spoke with, a lot of experts and professionals in this space, think that that's because there's still a lot of uncertainty.
1: That's Julia Carpenter. She covers personal finance for The Wall Street Journal.
2: There's still the fear of the variant. There's still the fear that we don't know what 2022 will bring. And people want to keep that on hand just in case catastrophe strikes.
0: Carpenter explains lots of people have some just-in-case money saved up, you know, for worst-case scenarios. Over the last two years, American households have put aside nearly $1.6 trillion in excess savings. That's money we wouldn't have been able to save before the pandemic. Fed researchers say a lot of that was not intentional planning. People just weren't spending as much when things were locked down.
1: But hoarding cash in a bank account, it isn't necessarily a good thing.
2: It sounds counterintuitive. We're told to save. We're told to have money in savings. But a lot of financial advisors warn you that keeping too much money in savings means you're missing out on gains in the market or you're missing out on gains through investments.
1: Inflation is high right now, so cash sitting in savings accounts can lose value.
2: So while easy to access cash gives many people a sense of flexibility or, or this sense of peace of mind, having money in the bank during a time of inflation means that you're potentially going to see that that money that you've saved is worth less when you take it out.
0: Carpenter spoke with one financial advisor who told her that she gets a call almost every single day from someone saying, I have so much money sitting in my savings account. What should I do with it?
1: The standard advice is to have enough saved up to cover your bills for three to six months in case of an emergency. But beyond that, this financial advisor is telling her clients, put additional savings into the stock market where there's a better shot at growth that won't be gobbled up by inflation. She says, if you're lucky enough to have found a way to save more, it could be okay to take a calculated risk that could earn you more in the future. The creations known as the world's first living robots, they can now reproduce. Whether you find that fascinating or frightening may be a matter of personal taste. So let's take a look at the facts before you decide how you feel about this pretty crazy new study.
0: Maybe the phrase living robots made your brain break in four ways. So let's start with that. Here's how one researcher put it to CNN. Don't think of robots as metal things. That's a very restrictive definition. Robots can actually be made of whatever. What makes something a robot is what it does. It can act on its own on behalf of humans. And the ones in this story are called xenobots. They're made from frog cells, so they are living robots.
1: Just making them was a pretty big deal. But what happened next, one research involved said, was astounding. The xenobots could multiply and this was an entirely new form of reproduction, unlike any animal or plant known to science.
0: Xenobots are really tiny. They're less than a millimeter wide. So it's kind of hard to visualize how they reproduce. NPR asked one of the researchers, Sam Kriegman, to paint the picture. The little xenobots shaped like Pac-Man move around in their dish and they act like little snow plows. There's loose cells in the dish. They pile those loose cells into piles. And those piles develop into mobile little offspring of their own. So it's like snowplows building snowplows.
1: So what do you think? Are replicating robots awesome or scary? The researchers, they don't want you to be afraid. They say this technology might lead to new combinations of biology and AI, which could do good things. Tiny living robots could help our bodies heal, or they could help get pollution out of the ocean.
0: And if you're still a little bit freaked out, consider this. The scientists say xenobots are entirely contained in a lab under strict ethical rules. They are very easy to kill. They're even biodegradable. It would be almost impossible for them to band together and form a humanoid Terminator with an Austrian accent. So that's comforting, right?
1: You can find all these stories and more in the Apple News app.
0: And while you're in the app, keep listening to hear narrated articles from our News Plus partners.
1: We'll talk with you again tomorrow.